Hear the reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen to this reading of the gospel lesson. It is a double blessing for me to be able to share the pulpit with you this morning. The first is always to be able to share the word of God. The second is to share fellowship with you, whom I've grown to know and love and pray for on a regular basis over the years. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your stand for the gospel. Thank you for your attendance this morning. We have this unusual story in the scriptures, and if we look at it only in light of an event that happened in the life of Jesus, we will miss a great blessing. The word of God is not only to inform us, but to transform us that we may be like our Lord Jesus. And so the gospel reading is not just a story of Jesus quieting a storm of life. But it's also a story to us that when the storms of life come wrecking into our lives, may they be physical storms or emotional storms or spiritual storms, they still are the storms of life. Some of you may remember in your school days, and for me it was the olden days, a pop quiz. I'm not sure that they have pop quizzes nowadays, and if you have any homeschoolers, they probably don't have any pop quizzes. But the teacher always delighted to see what we had learned that week. We were half prepared and yet half not prepared. And I can feel the queasy spirit when you felt unprepared. Much the same way that these disciples, when a pop quiz came into their life. For Jesus, in the first part of chapter 4, Mark's Gospel, had been teaching about the kingdom of God. They were looking for that kingdom that came with riches and with peace and with golden era. They had not learned that the kingdom of God was righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And sad to say, there are many Christians 
that have not learned the evidence of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is wherever God is reigning. And we know these, he is not ruling the world. He wants to rule our lives. Not only in terms of how we react in life and conduct ourselves. But how we react in life to the great storms that come into our lives. Last week, Lord gave us the opportunity to look at the house that was built upon a firm foundation. And the house that was built upon the sand. The storms, the winds, the rain came upon both. For the sun not only shines upon the just and the unjust, but the rain and the storms come upon the just and the unjust. I would like to think if I became a Christian, I wouldn't have any of these storms in life. But one of Job's so-called comforters says, Man is born under trouble, just as the sparks fly upward. Pitching a campfire, and you throw in another log, and the sparks fly upward. The storms of life come into our lives, whether we're Christians or non-Christians, because we live in a fallen world. We forget that sometimes. There will be a new heaven and a new earth one of these days. And oh, don't we wish that were to happen quickly? Especially in our day and time in which we see so many troubles here in the United States. Well, Jesus was willing to prepare his disciples. And he had a long day of teaching. And he said, let us go to the other side. It doesn't tell us why, but the next chapter tells us that there were some special ministries that needed to be done. And maybe the evil one was trying to thwart Jesus from going over there. We don't know all the details. We don't know the background. We don't know what's behind the scenes in many occasions. So they took Jesus. He'd been in a boat teaching from the water and the land was covered with people. And there were smaller boats around him. So they took Jesus just as he was. We must allow Jesus to be who he is. His way is perfect. And when we commit our way to him, when storms come, we trust him. In this will I be confident, said David in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? They took Jesus just as he was. He's sleeping in the forepart of the boat. And these seasoned fishermen, having fished on the Sea of Galilee for many years, are out in the middle of the sea. And a furious squall could be translated a hurricane. Came, And the water was just about to swamp the boat. You see, the storms of life come upon us sometimes so unexpectedly. A tragedy, an automobile accident, a doctor's report, a health issue, a financial concern, a marital problem, 
concerns with our children. Oh, the list goes on in terms of the storms of life. And the furious squall came and began to swamp the boat. And I can picture the, the disciples trying to bail out the boat. Jesus is sleeping in the front part of the boat. They finally awaken him. He said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus awakened, rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was calmness. And they were terrified. Who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is Lord of the storms of life. We forget that he is sovereign. And that if a storm comes into our life, it is under his direct provision. Storms come for many reasons. The fact of storms that come into our lives come from different directions. Look at the man Job. A man in whom there was no evil. And Satan wanted to attack him. So Satan sometimes attacks with storms. Job lost his wealth, his children, his health, his support around him. And yet he did not Curse God. And you know the long story of his his comforters. And the comforters were right in certain places and not so right in others. And now God saw Job through. Even against the attacks of Satan. And sometimes storms come because of our own self-will. You remember Jonah. God had asked him to go to that evil place called Nineveh. And preached the good news of Christ. And instead he went on vacation. Running the opposite direction. And you know the story well in which that a great storm came. And they threw lots and decided that it was Jonah's fault. And they threw him overboard. See, sometimes we make the wrong choices. And we sow the wind. And reap the whirlwind. But God is still sovereign. God did not give up on Jonah. God saw Jonah through that. Even through the great fish. And I love it when it says. That the great fish vomited. Jonah on the dry land. Or sometimes. Storms come because. Of the actions of other people. Sometimes. Pride in other people's lives affect us. That happens with families. That also happens with employees whose employers may not have been honest and the job has been lost. You remember the Apostle Paul. He had been tried and was going to be sent to Rome for a new trial because he had appealed to Caesar. And he's on this ship that's sailing. And he goes through a number of ports. And Paul tells the captain, it's getting too late. We probably should 
harbor in for the winter? And the captain said, no. If you read that 27th, I think it is, chapter of Acts. He said they voted and the majority said, let's go on. And you know the story in which a great hurricane force winds came. They lost the cargo. They lost the ship, but not one person was lost. You see, God is still sovereign, even when other people, even when our own self-will, even when Satan himself. But sometimes it is the sovereign will of God to increase our faith. And such it is, I believe, in this particular path. Jesus says in verse 35, let us go over to the other side. He expected to arrive on the other side. In spite of what might be happening. You see, God is sovereign. And we, of all peoples, ought to remember that. That all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So, I know I love God, but I have to say, am I called to this purpose? Am I in the boat with Jesus? He may seem to be asleep. But that's where he wants me to be. He wants me to say, the Lord is my light. The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Even when the storms come. Many times storms come. And they create fears in our lives. You notice in verse 40, Jesus says, why are you so afraid. For the Christian, the opposite of faith is not unbelief, because we still believe, but it's fear. It's fear in the traumas of life. It's fear in the storms of life. And the fear begins to control our lives. The word worry comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word, which means to strangle. And worry for the Christians is fearfulness. Not trusting God to be able first to deal with this. Or he's asleep and not listening. Or we're not worthy enough. And that is true. We are not worthy enough. It is Jesus that is worthy. And if I am in the boat with Jesus. If I am Called according to his purpose. I can remember attending a conference for ministers that had been in the pastorate for 10 years or more. And I was driving a little Ford Escort. And a dump truck on the left-hand side, pulls over into my lane in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he hooks my little car on the bumper of the dump truck. And I am totally out of control. The dump truck driver knows that something is not right, whether my car was too small or he couldn't see me or what, I don't know. But then... The transfer, big semi transfer truck in front of him stops. 
and we smash right in together. I don't know how God in his providence protected me and got me out of there. And I'm sitting on the side of the road. My car is totaled. The policeman come. And doesn't know that I'm the driver. And he says, can you tell me what happened? Did you see it? I said, yes. <laughs> I more than saw it. And he couldn't believe that I was alive. But I went and rented the car. and continued the conference. When I got to the conference a little late that day, it had already been on the television. And everyone was wondering, why did you still come? Why didn't you take your rental car and go home? I said, because God called me here. And for whatever his purposes are, Satan may come. But that fear is not to control my life. I must be about my father's business. Fear not only begins to control our lives, but it creates new problems. Joseph Conrad, author of Lord Jim and Heart of Darkness, was a great English writer. And he had received, the way he described it, a long blue letter, which had the stamp of In His Majesty's Service on it. And it lay on his desk for weeks. He thought it was because of income tax. And he looked at it every day with the filthiness to even open it. Some weeks later, the Prime Minister of England sent a courier to find out if the letter had arrived. And Joseph Conrad said, yes, it's on my desk. And the courier said, you'd better open it. And Joseph Conrad opened it, and it was an offer for a knighthood. He had lived in fear for those weeks. The internet tells me that there are 517 different phobias. There's even a phobia for computers. You could probably guess it's cyberphobia. I have some of that, even though I'm compelled to deal with that thing. Fear creates new problems. Fear begins to control our life. So what is my response in the middle of that? What should the disciples have done? They had heard about the kingdom. <clears throat> they had heard a message of the good news. That the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like seed that is sown in a field and on the rocky places and in fertile ground and on poor ground. What am I going to do with that seed? What am I going to do with Psalm 27? Let me read a little bit of Psalm 27 again for you. I'm just going to pick out a couple of verses. Sometimes we read these things. And teachers and preachers, and pray for your preacher. Pray that the word would be real in his life. Pray for your Sunday school teachers. That they read the word not just to teach but to experience. Listen 
to what the psalmist says. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. That word wait is not just to sit and twiddle our thumbs. That word wait really means expecting something to happen. Expecting God to break in in some way or another. Now, I'm not saying at all that God always answers our prayers the way that I would like them to be answered. But I am confident of this, that if we have entrusted this problem to the Lord, he will see it through. And all things, not just the good things, work together for good. All things to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So what do I do? Let's look at this passage. First, Christ needs to be in the center of our lives. He was in the boat, quiet, sleeping confidently. You think he was unaware of the storm? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. In his humanity, he had spent the day preaching Spend his strength ministering. And in his humanity was sleeping. How many sleepless nights have we had? Worrying about something. Letting it strangle us. So that I cannot even sleep properly. Jesus has to be in the center of our life. That's the reason that our devotions need to be so dear to us. Pray for your pastor's devotional habits. I've known far too many ministers that lose sight of the Lord Jesus in serving his church. Oh, Christ must be at the center of our lives. High and lifted up. Not just in church, but goes with me throughout the week in my work and how I treat my family and how I do my work. How I react when little things bother me. You've known people with short fuses. God says, wait on the Lord and he will strengthen your heart. Be strong. Put Christ in the center of every single thing. If the storm comes, Lord, you are sovereign. You know this already. And you love us. Did you notice what the disciples said when they awakened Jesus? First, they called him teacher. They had not understood him quite as Savior. And I trust that you know him as Savior this morning. Not just as a teacher to teach you how to do things, but a savior. 
He does teach us in that, but far more than that. Savior, don't you care if we drowned? I can't tell you this morning how much God cares for you. When we read a verse like, God so loved the world. God so loved you. Individually, and if you had been the only person to have ever acknowledged Jesus Christ as a Savior, he would have loved you still the same and sent his son, the Lord Jesus. Or do you feel unloved sometimes? Sometimes husbands and wives can feel unloved. Sometimes children can feel unloved. Love covers a multitude of sins, says the scriptures. And God's love comes to us in the fullness of grace and goodness. Oh, I declare to you this morning that God is love and he loves you just as you are. You're not going to love yourself just as you are. That's what happens when we are born again. Born anew into wanting to be like Jesus. Setting aside those inborn characteristics. And loving Jesus because he loves you so much this morning. Oh, remember that. Christ is in control and should be in the center of that storm. That Christ cares for you deeply in the midst of that storm. And that Christ will come to your rescue. Not always in the way that I would want. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would like for my loved one to live. But when God says it's time, I trust his judgment. I can stand at a burial ground with confidence knowing that God is in the midst of this. And that God cares and that God is in control. And that Christ is to be the center of whatever is happening in my life. That's the kind of faith that God wants in his people. Not a faith that raises our hands and acknowledge him. Not a faith that just nods and says, okay. But a faith that, when it's challenged, shines brightly. A faith that says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what Isaiah said. Jesus took that as a personal anointing from the Holy Spirit of God. But that same Jesus is upon you. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon you this morning. And whenever a storm comes into your life, most of the time so unexpectedly, how am I going to react? Am I going to say God is sovereign and in control of this? That Christ is to be the center no matter what is happening. That Christ loves me in spite of who I am. And that Christ will come to my rescue. Even in the sense of his perfect will. That's what God calls us to be. And I trust that as you go out into the world. Storms that may come. Storms. So unexpectedly come into your life. 
that God will see you through it. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, quiet the storms within our own hearts. You have taught us that thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Give this congregation your perfect peace. That come what may, not only will the foundation hold, but they will have the peace of God which passes all understanding, guarding their hearts and their minds as they walk with you, even through the valley of the shadow of death. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.